You are tuned in to Lightworkers Lounge. Tales of having a human experience in a spiritual world. The woman you are about to hear me interview single-handedly changed my life. Isn't it so cool that we can go through life just day to day? We wake up, maybe go to our favorite coffee shop to grab a tea or a coffee, head to work, you know, like just another regular day. And you don't know who you're going to meet, what stranger is going to speak one sentence to you that changes the course of your life forever. This is why I love spirituality and reading energetic bodies and understanding how emotions run the show more than physical things. If you guys remember, I was a holistic health coach who specialized in fertility and thyroid disorders before I started Lightworkers Lounge. I was very much like by the book, science, the physical body, the diet, movement, until I quickly realized throughout all my sessions with clients, we don't talk about gluten-free, dairy-free this. We don't talk about vegan and paleo. We don't talk about how to move your body more. We talk about really deep things, raw things, things that, they, that they've never shared with anyone else. Like, are you really, truly in love in your relationships? You say you're best friends with your mom and you guys have a great relationship, but how did she influence the people you choose as romantic partners in this lifetime? How did she influence your career decision? And speaking of that, how is your career? You get up and you go with a smile every day, but are you really satisfied? What's running through your mind when you're sitting in a meeting at work? Is it, I'm so excited to be here? Or is it, oh my God, this can't be the rest of my life. So I have this natural Scorpio moon obsession with the psychology behind why we do the things we do and healing the parts of ourselves that we want to get rid of as blocks in the way of us achieving our dreams in life. I love this work because it changes the world. If you change your own life, you've changed the world. You don't need to go out and have a podcast. You don't need to have a blog. Those things are wonderful and definitely help. But the real change starts from within. So even though I'm the host of a spiritual self-help podcast, I'm always every single day and night working on myself. And well, this is what I do for a living. I work with people like Amy for myself and then share my experience of what I went through and what I grew through with you guys in hopes of inspiring you to do the same. So Amy White is an international best-selling author. She's a highly sought after speaker and an intuitive medium on a mission to help individuals heal the past, discover their personal truths and thrive in the life that they're meant to live. Unlike other mediums or psychics, Amy connects with universal energy that she calls the greater consciousness, and she channels the information that is pertinent to creating awareness and healing. She's a modern-day navigation system to spirit, and she opens the lines of communication directly to this infinite wisdom. Amy is phenomenal. I'm out of breath just talking about her because... She changed my life. Just one sentence. And I know you're probably wondering how, what, what did she say? What did she do? There is something both physical, mental, emotional, spiritual that I'm working on in my life right now, which I will most definitely reveal once it's healed. You know, I kind of want to give it sacred space to do it before I introduce it to the masses. But she said something about my inner child when, because Amy and I had a session prior to this. She mentioned that my inner child, she saw a vision of me at like four, five, six years old, sitting in front of me with my arms crossed and my face red going, hmm, hmm, no, like sassy. And it was so wild because as we were doing this session, I just had my eyes closed, really absorbing what she and the greater consciousness was saying. And I saw like exactly, so I'm in my loft right now. And I saw the front door, like a little hallway we have leading to our living room area. I saw my little self sitting right there on this like circular rug we have. I saw her in that exact location. And 
Amy said she, she's frustrated. She wants attention. She wants you to acknowledge her. She wants you to listen to her about the trauma that she experienced it, not just brush it off and say, well, childhood sucked. Yes, we grew through it though. She wants to be acknowledged and she doesn't want to like ruin my life. She wants to be integrated into my life. So I don't know if we talked about this in the episode or not, but it's definitely worth mentioning because it's a practice that has changed my life is to acknowledge my inner child by doing things like setting up three chairs in a room. Preferably when you're home alone and energy is clear and you can just focus on yourself. Setting up three chairs. I sit in one, my spirit guide sits in the other, and my little five-year-old self sits in the third. And we talk. This can be just in your mind. You can journal this, but we have a conversation. And the spirit guide is kind of a mediator. So, She's not like, listen to me, my story is more important, how I felt matters most. She just wants to be integrated. And with me, it's a sense of family. I've My inner child has had so many instances where I did not feel like I had a family at all. Um, my father and my mother broke up and then he immediately remarried and immediately had a new daughter. And I was never aware of it until the daughter was here. So that was a huge shocking moment of, oh my God gosh, I feel abandoned. I feel betrayed. I feel like none of the adults here gave me information that, hey, you have a new sister coming along. It was shocking. And so now dating someone with children from a previous relationship brings up that wound, right? So intensely. And so anytime I try to like really step into and feel, okay, me, him and his two little boys, we are a family unit. My inner child is going, hmm, No, we're not, because I know when we try and say we're a family, I know what happens because it's happened before. And so I have to just acknowledge her and make her feel like she's a part of this family, that it's okay to create a new family and that this new family isn't going to do to you what the other one did. And even if they do, it's okay because she always has me. And so throughout the day when I'm doing dishes or when I'm chopping vegetables for dinner, I'll just look over my shoulder and pretend like I see little me. And ever since my conversation with Amy, I have this little picture of myself that I keep right next to my computer here of me. when I was probably eight or nine, so I was a little bit older, but I look roughly the same. And I look at her and I say, I hear you. I see you. You are safe. There is no betrayal when it's you and me. There will be no abandonment when it's you and I forever, girl. So just acknowledging her and integrating her into my day-to-day life. Amazing. Magic. So while the reading with Amy is going to stay private, uh, we do talk about it in this podcast episode. And Amy just shares how she is a psychic medium. Like I know there's so many of you who come to me and say, I know I'm psychic. I know I've got all the Claire's going on. Clairvoyant, clairsentient, clairaudient. Who can I work with to help me develop these skills, to possibly turn it into a career or a healing modality for myself and my family? Or who? Amy does that. So there's my little prelude to our interview. I hope you guys enjoy. Here is Amy White. Amy, you are known as a modern-day navigation system to spirit, and I can confirm that. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Yeah, it's like, how do you tune into your internal navigation system, which we all have, right? And how do we really listen to it? I mean, it's easy when we're, you know, when we've got our maps up in the car and it says, turn left, turn right, you know, photo uh, intersection ahead, you know, all of those things. But when it comes to walking our unique journeys, it becomes a little bit harder to come into contact with the fact that we actually are pre-wired for that navigation system, each one of us. Like I see my role as helping to awaken, helping to tune in to that navigation system that exists within everyone. Yeah, it's like a sixth sense, right? We're all born with it. We're all born with imaginary friends or having very creative minds because we're actually tapping into real souls, so to speak, and and communicating with them. And then I think, would you say that society conditions us to just lose it? 
Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And it's not just society now, right? It's, I mean, you can look back, you can look back at spiritual texts from, you know, hundreds and thousands of years ago, and you can see where this connection to our source, our inner wisdom, our inner knowing was being sort of guided by external, you know, forces or external ideas and thoughts. And it just keeps getting handed down generation to generation to generation. Yeah. And so we're just programmed. Don't tap into it. Don't believe in it. Don't trust your gut. Trust your head. Trust what's logical. Trust what you can see. Yeah, absolutely. It's hard to break free from that. But of course you have it. You know, I just looked at your birthday and I was going to open your birth chart just to peek at it. (laughs) Of course you're a Scorpio born on 11-11. Surprise factor zero. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. There's a lot of 11 in my, in my chart. And actually I have, not only am I a Scorpio, I have four planets in Scorpio and one in zero Sag. So like the the whole bottom of my chart is Scorpio. Pluto ruled Scorpio. What's your moon and rising sign? Um, my, I'm a Taurus moon and Leo rising. Beautiful. Oh, I can see the Leo in you totally. Yeah. Wow. That's so Really cool. magic. Scorpios are the best. I have a Scorpio moon. And like you said, my birth chart's over there, but I have a stellium of five planets in the eighth house. Oh, yeah. I love it. Yeah. At first I was That's like, powerful stuff. Right. But now I'm like, I like mm-hmm. this. I'm an alchemist. I came here to turn poison into medicine. Yeah. Yeah. And for me too, like I look at this Plutonic chart of mine, the Scorpio energy, and I really am that messenger that can traverse between sort of the under the horizon line and above the horizon line, like the underworld and the outer world, you know, and and play in both spaces. Though I, I will say that, that learning how to be in that space of the quote unquote underworld, right? The, mm-hmm. the, that plutonic energy has been and continues to be this huge learning and exploration and evolution for me on my path. Yeah. Would you say most people with strong plutonian energy in their charts, you have to go through some shit to really fine tune these aspects of ourselves? Yeah. And I think that we, you know, and again, this goes back to the societal conditioning, right? That we, we look at it and we, we, we judge it as the shit, but I I love the story of Persephone and um, how she was, she was kidnapped and taken to the underworld, but instead of allowing the underworld to swallow her up, she, she stepped into her power and she became queen And, Mm. and not only queen, she was one of the only like, uh, mythological figures that actually co-led with the masculine, right? So she figured it out. And then she would come back up to see her mother, you know, as the story goes, if you don't know the story, read it because it's super cool, um, you know, to keep the earth alive, right? To keep the earth from going barren. And that she was able, like she was so empowered and so in her, like owning her experience that she could easily do that flow between and hold her integrity and her authority of herself and her inner wisdom. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's just a powerful story. And I resonate so much with like being called to be in that space of understanding both so that I can help pull people forward through the work that I do so that they can start to really understand and come into contact with their capital T, T, truth, right? Mm. The truth of who they are at the core of who they are. Yes. Throw me to the wolves. I'll come out leading the pack. Leading the pack. But, and we are in this human experience. And so, yes, it's not always easy. And there are those of us that have more challenging paths, but it's like any crisis. We have two choices as we go through challenging times. We can allow that experience to define us. And very often, as with trauma, we get frozen in those moments, both body, mind mind and spirit all, or we can allow the experience, choose intentionally for that experience to transform us. And I really feel like that's part of what we're all here to learn. How do I keep coming back to that space of transformation? Age of Aquarius. 
We all came here to really clear a lot of clutter, a lot of gunk in the collective consciousness to really elevate. I'm excited for my children and my grandchildren because the world they're going to live in is just going to be so like beyond what we can even fathom right now. Right. Can you feel that? Oh, absolutely. And we're in the midst of it. Like we're, we're both forerunners and we're early adopters of this new consciousness. Yeah, and it's not always easy. Uh, on some days, it's bliss, and it's like, wow, heaven on earth has arrived. Other days, it's like, hey, soul, why the fuck did you sign up for this? Because this is awful. Get me out of, out of earth. Please, whatever spaceship can land and take me, that would be great. It's so true. I often tell my girlfriends, like, okay, when we're in the non-physical and we're in the room and they're handing out assignments and and they're like, there's a really challenging, painful, you know, human experience waiting for you. And I start to raise my hand. I'm like, tackle me. (laughs) You know, I don't need crisis to learn my lessons. That's sort of been my mantra um, over the last decade of my human journey for sure and soul journey <laughs> hey spirit guides if you are listening to this episode i don't need crisis to learn lessons i'll listen well i have this quote where i say don't let the whisper turn into a roar because it's just it yes. does yes it totally does i mean that's why i have adrenal fatigue mm. amy help me you yes. talk about that how to rest and recharge the mind and take an emotional inventory. That is what adrenal fatigue, and I'm on stage three, which is worse, but that's what it's taught me is, Steph, slow the F down and take yeah. inventory of how did you get here? Because as a previous holistic health coach, I know that all physical dis-ease is created by an emotional dis-ease in the body. So I've been taking inventory, but how do you do things like that? Take emotional inventory to see what's plaguing the mind and body. Yeah, well, I think for, for for me personally, and I think just in general for the collective, we have to have an awareness, a willingness to be aware of where we are not in alignment or in the best alignment for us in the moment. And without awareness, we can do lists and inventories and you know, follow the three steps to heal our, you know, body, mind, and spirit, but it's not something that we're going to be able to ingest and digest and put into, into play. So for me, and in one of the things, like I, I really look back in my entire life and I've been this since a young age, this why person, right? Like yeah. why, why, why does it happen? Why does this do this? Why does this, you know, impact this and why, why, why? And so I've turned that why into a really solid inquiry practice for me. So when I'm triggered, when I'm tired, when I'm feeling emotional, but I don't have the words for it or the understanding of where it's coming from, you know, I can take a step back and say, hmm, I wonder why this is coming up for me. And, and the thing that's really different about the way that I both do it and teach it is that this isn't for looking where we're broken. This isn't for me going, where am I broken so I can fix it? This is me opening my heart and having compassion for all aspects of myself to say, okay, there's something underneath the surface. I don't have to regurgitate every experience in my life to touch into it. I can just acknowledge like, ooh, this is coming from some trauma in my life, or this is coming from some belief system that I'm carrying that I may or may not be consciously aware of or have words for. But I know in that felt sense that that's where some of this is coming from. And then I can start my inquiry process from there. You know, oftentimes I'll say to myself, is something happening in this moment? So is there something I'm reacting to? You know, did someone say something? Did I have a thought or a flashback or a memory? Was there something that, you know, happened, you know, with a client or whatever the case may be? And I kind of start there and I'm like, okay, just like sort of, looking around the room, taking in the room. No, there's nothing here in this moment that's happening, which then can lead me into a deeper inquiry. So what is it? Can I name the feeling? Oh man, I'm feeling shame. I don't know why I'm feeling shame, but I'm feeling shame. And as I start to do that, that's where the inventory comes in because then I can invite myself to tell the story. What does shame mean for me? So it's not about, again, it's not about excavating the the experience per se, that caused the shame, it's just starting to claim like, this is the emotion I'm feeling right now. 
Now, interestingly enough, when we're doing this work, it, it, it can trigger people because there's a lot of belief out there right now that if you focus your attention on lower vibrating feelings, you're going to bring more of that in. And everything that I'm being shown through the work that I do is so counter to that. There was a fine line though. You know, one of the things that the greater consciousness, which is the energy group of energy beings that, that I channel say often is name it, claim it, but don't unpack your bags and move in there. And certainly don't wear the badge of honor that says, I had an experience that caused this shame in my life. Or I had this experience that caused me to overreact in certain cases. Because we tend to do that as humans. We want to wear the badge. We want to wear it outright. So when we meet people, they can see our, our traumas. And then hopefully, you know, in our human thinking mind, hopefully they will then treat us accordingly. Yeah. But that's not actually how it works. <laughs> They're acting from their traumas. They're yeah, I, I have so many people who want to, they experience something very stressful or triggering for them and they automatically say, well, wait, no, it could be so much worse. Uh, I should just be thankful for this and thankful for that. I'm like, yes, that's a beautiful outlook to have. But then you're just sweeping under the rug these really important feelings that need to be out. Yeah, yeah. And the greater consciousness has been talking a lot about crisis and trauma over the last couple of months. And one of the things that they were saying, just to your point, is they say, we tend as humans to whitewash our trauma. And what you were just saying, you know, even to say, yes, this was traumatic, but look at all the gifts I got from it. And so when we say that, which is not untrue in most cases, we're, we're whitewashing the trauma. We're taking it, we're, we're like, we're negating it in some way. And one of the things that the greater consciousness says all the time is we live in the this and universe. So in this case, we can have this trauma and we can recognize the gifts, but we're not taking away one from the other, right? And often what the, you know, the greater consciousness calls us the balance point. One of the reasons why we are here in this life experience right now, all of us, is to learn how to bring the human experience and the soul experience into the same moment at the same time. And they call that the balance point. We're not trying to transcend our human experience to reach some kind of enlightenment. And we're not trying to deny our soul enlightened experiences only to be human. And when we're denying any aspect of ourselves, whether it's soul or human, we're not in wholeness. We're not in alignment. And we can't connect into that navigation system to spirit that we're all pre-wired to have. You explain this just like absolutely magnificently. It, it, this is not an easy subject to break down in layman's terms, but you were just killing it. Such a Scorpio. No. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I love this. Like, what do you prefer to be called? Because I know you and I in our private conversation were talking about it and the word psychic kind of has negative connotations to it. Yeah. So we prefer things like I'm an intuitive, I'm a medium, I am a channel. What is the differences between all those words? And do you mind being called a psychic? Well, no, I don't mind being called a psychic, though it has taken me some time to sort of um, uh, embrace it. Um, as we, you and I were talking the other day, the the words to describe the work, I tend to use different words based on different audiences, based on what people are familiar with. So many people are familiar with the word intuitive or medium or psychic or channel. Um, and so I use those kind of, you know, interchangeably because I, I, it helps people to relate to the work that I do. Um, if, you know, if I were going to give myself uh, a, a, a title, I'm going to be in flow between channel because everything that I do actually is channeled, whether I'm calling it mediumship or, you know, uh, bringing through the wisdom of the greater consciousness or intuitive coaching work. Um, and truth bomb dropper, which I think really describes the work that I do because it is this idea that as I'm channeling through, especially that, you know, as I'm channeling through the greater consciousness, they're using me as a connector between the infinite wisdom of the universe and the infinite wisdom that resides within each one of us. And so uh, the words that are coming through often land like a truth bomb in the, in the core of my clients, whether I'm working one-on-one -on -one or in big audience um, you know, situations, because it is the truth that we carry with us. So Ooh. 
yeah. So in essence, it is a true, you know, the truth bomb dropper really fits the description. All but, of my eighth house placements are Sagittarius. Yeah. So the other day I said, I'm a truth bomb dropper. I was like, yes, yeah. give me all of the bombs of truth. <laughs> and it's so good. And, you know, and, and some people will say, oh, well, you know, the word bomb can be a little triggering, mm-hmm. but you know what a truth bomb is in the way that I describe it is just as I was saying, it is a truth that comes through. It is yeah. wisdom that comes through that connects so deeply into the wisdom each one of us carries with us. Each one of us came into this life experience with that it resonates like um like a crystal ding, right? It's like, oh, that is such a truth. Yeah, exactly. And I love mediumship because a lot of people may wonder, well, when and why would I ever work with a psychic? When when would I do this? Well, it's to heal the past and discover personal truths, right? Yeah, that, that's absolutely. when you could use it. Absolutely. Do you find though a, a lot of people come to you and I? when they're at a very low point, low point in life, right? They don't really come to us when things are going good and things are going well, and they just want self-improvement. And so I actually have a podcast entitled be cautious when deciding who to work with, because sometimes we get so desperate, we can pick the wrong people. So do you have any advice for how people can decide who to work with, with such an intimate thing? Oh, that is such a juicy question. And because it is, I mean, it's so personal, right, for each person. And I would agree. I would say that often the people that come to work with me are looking for some guidance. Some people are looking for um, very specific, you know, take these three steps and you'll manifest your partner, home, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But for the most part, people come to me because they, they can't, they can't hear their inner wisdom, their inner guidance as loudly as they would like to. Um, and, and for, I guess, for people who are looking for that type of guidance, I always say, trust your instinct. If you can't call yourself an intuitive or, or say, oh, I have this fine-tuned intuition, trust your instinct. You know, we say gut, you know, a gut check or, your, you know, your gut doesn't lie, but the, the human body and I teach this in my practice a a lot, but the human body is the biggest antenna to our inner wisdom, to our intuition. And when we're connected to our physical body, we can listen to the way that information shows up physically for us. And very often, that's what a gut gut instinct is. That's what a gut hit hit is, right? Mm -hmm. It's our body saying, ooh, pay attention. And then of course, for us to discern is this a warning? Is this a caution? Or is this uh, helping me to see that this thing that I'm looking at or trying to decide about resonates? And yeah. your your body, when you can connect to your body, it will tell you. And so, you know, even if we can't fully embody our body, <laughs> um, you know, very m- many of us can say, "Oh, I know what a gut what gut instinct feels like." And so, I would start there. Wow. You know, at the basic, you know, basic level. That's that's perfect. You know, there's a lot of people that have said before they go see a psychic, they get so nervous, like hands trembling, heart racing. And they're like, every time, whether it's someone I work with well or someone I don't, I just get so nervous. Why do you think that is? I've always answered, well, there could be many things, but maybe it's because you're about to hear a personal truth that your soul has known you've needed to hear. And you're yeah. very nervous, or maybe it's your ego saying, uh-oh, status quo is about to be smashed into a million yeah. pieces. Have you ever yeah. heard of that? People being so nervous to talk yeah, to? Yeah, absolutely. And I would agree. I mean, I think it is your knowing that there's some information available to you that you either um, are are nervous to hear or that you are um, you know, unsure you're able to hold space for. Or, you know, I, a lot of times our human, or, you know, our ego mind or thinking mind comes in and it's like, everything's going to change. Everything's going to change, you know, and it feels, change feels very scary. I mean, I'm a Taurus moon, right? <laughs> I, as much Taurus as I, rising. Like, as much as I love to embrace change, it is, it is a very much a contradiction in my human system because that mm-hmm. Taurus energy is just like, oh, you yeah. know, so like slow to move until I do. Um, but you know, and I would say even for me, 
um, in the past as I've gone to intuitives and energy workers um, and had readings, you know, I've had that same experience. And mostly it's because my soul already knows that what I'm about to hear, I need to hear, but can I embrace it? And am I ready to hear it? I remember I had a reading one time. um, And at the time I was dating somebody who I, I knew was not being in integrity in our relationship. And so I got into the session with this woman and I had every intention of, you know, really asking the question about the relationship. And she started the session by saying, if you don't want to know the answer, don't ask the question. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm not ready to hear the answer. Like I knew it already, but I wasn't ready to hear it. And from I think someone that else. from someone else, right? And so, you know, in that moment, I was just working through my own discernment process and some of my own like uh, patterns and belief systems, you know, that kept me really trying to unravel that, the understanding of why, you know, I continued to stay in a relationship that I knew in my, in my core wasn't the, in my highest and best. And yet when the, when it came to the moment where I knew that I was going to get the information, I just, I couldn't do it in that moment. Were you nervous going into it? Like walking in like, Oh man, I was definitely weird. I'm not a very nervous person at all either. And that I have a very similar story. I went to see a psychic like one year into my previous marriage and I was shaking like a, like full body trembles, cold chills. And I was like, I'm in a beautiful crystal shop. There's lavender and since like, what is this? I don't get this nervous. A just red rash broke out all over my chest. And I knew immediately I wanted to ask, am I supposed to be married to this person? And my Sagittarius self did. <laughs> And she was like, no, you're not. And you're not going to break the cycle of divorce in your family. And there's your truth. But as soon as she said that, the trembling stopped. And I was like, okay, I know what I need to do. This sucks. This is kind of heavy. But I I, I almost, it's like my ego was like, no, no. But my soul was like, ah, this kind of gives me a hall pass to that. It's okay that I've felt this whole time. I'm not supposed to be with this person. Yeah. 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 And it is about timing too. I think that, you know, the value for me and the experience I just shared was I I learned to come into deeper and deeper contact with some of my truths and some of my patterns and some of the sort of my family of origin, you know, uh, physiological conditioning, like things that were really in my system that was important for me to understand. And so, you know, it's, it's sometimes there's value in not knowing in that moment. but I was already like the gate was already open for me to do the exploration. And I just had to be willing, you know, and courageous enough to take the steps. Yeah. You know, there are a lot of people that look at intuitives like you and I and say, why don't you guys read yourselves? Why don't you tell yourself, well, I'm going to get married this day. I'm going to have a baby that day. I'm going to have career success in two years. They're like, why don't you, like, if you're so psychic and so powerful, why can't you control your life? I'm like, well, we have these things called egos and we're also <laughs> humans. So it's really hard. And I don't, I would love for you to share how you feel about this, but I personally can't do it because my ego says, I want to have a baby by the time I'm 25, but my heart says that's not the plan. So it gets hard to read yourself. What do you think? Well, yes. I mean, it absolutely is. Um, I think with the work that I do, you know, I'm not, I don't fall into that fortune telling realm of like on these dates and this times, and you're going to meet a person and their first name is going to start with a J. It's not like that. And part of it is because it's just not, it's not the work I'm being called to do. And there are people out there that do that and they do it very well. One of the things that the greater consciousness, because I've had this conversation with them and my guides before of like, you know, why is it that I can't, you know, like give certain information like that? Like, why am I not given that information? And one of the things that they say, and I just, it this just sticks with me every time I think about it is as because of our ego minds, because of our thinking minds, when we hear certain information, then we tend to only focus on that. So if I were to say to you in three months, you're going to be pregnant and, you know, it's going to be a girl and da, 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 da. You're, then everything goes to that point. Mm-hmm. And the journey between then, now and then gets sort of um, crunked up a little bit, you know, but the whole thing about these life experiences is the journey is the magic. 
right? The end, the manifesting of the thing that we're longing for or desiring or visioning into being, that's just a point in time. But the journey getting there is where the magic is and it's where the evolution is and it's multidimensional, right? Because even in your desire to have this baby at the time that you're desiring it, doesn't um, it doesn't mean that the journey is only going to be focused on that, right? Yeah. There's so many aspects of learning and evolution and aha moments and truth bombs that come along the path to that thing. That that that's really what we're here for. Yeah, and that's our, typically our ego minds. We go to work with astrologers or intuitives because we want that set date. We want to know. Yes, you will meet that person. So, as an astrologer myself, I have to proceed with caution because people want to know when am I going to meet the one? Right. When am I going to experience financial abundance? And you can use your chart to say, well, there's a good chance, like the yeah. weather prediction, that it could happen then. But I, I don't even go there with predictive astrology because it plants a seed. And it then does. oftentimes, if I say you're going to meet the one on New Year's Eve, the one could be passing you by right after our call, but you're not going to look exactly. because you're like, that's not them. They're coming on January. Exactly. And I think one of the things we don't talk a lot about in this in this realm of energy work and intuition is that because we have free will, we can choose to shift things at, at a different rate than the snapshot in time that I'm getting the, the information when I'm doing a reading. So, you know, for example, you and I do a reading together something lands on you and you can say, okay, I know this is coming or I know I need to move in this direction. Or the next morning you wake up and you go, this is it. I'm ready to take this next big leap. Well, when you do that, it changes the energy in all of the forward momentum, right? And so I've had this happen for me in my own personal work where, um, you know, I I worked with an intuitive coach for a long time myself. And there were things that would come up and she would say, you know, this is coming, you know, for you this year. And then at some point I would say, you know, this thing never really came. And her response was, that's because of the shifting I did. I didn't need that thing on my path anymore because I had sort of, I don't want to say bypass is not the right word, but because of the energy shifting that I was doing, that that experience was no longer as important to my evolution as it was earlier when she read me, you know, earlier. So it's pretty, it's really powerful, but that whole idea of, um, self-fulfilling prophecy, it's one of the reasons lots of times clients will say to me, why don't you record the sessions? And I I have gotten from the very beginning of this work, a very clear guidance from my guides that said, we don't record because what you want is for the client to remember the felt sense of the information and not the specifics. Wow. I just realized we didn't record ours. Look, I never listen to recordings of any readings I get because well, exactly like you said, I'm aware that energy shifts and changes by the second. Think of the the electricity in your house. Like it's everything is shifting and changing so fast. The coolest reading I ever had was a psychic who sat me down and said, listen, Everything I'm about to tell you goes out the window if you leave here and go rob a bank. All right, yeah. let's begin. And yeah, I was like, exactly. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's a really powerful example of what I'm saying. It's, it's like because we have free will and we do, you know, we can choose. I, I, um, ha- ha- this same um, intuitive coach I used to work with, she would say, you, you can do it now or you can do it later, but you're going to do it. You know, yes. and I love that permission too, because it's like, I'm not ready to do this now. I'm not ready to look at this just yet. Um, I, but I knew that it was going to do it then, or I was going to do it later. Um, and I get to, I get to kind of choose the pace in which I allow the unfolding of my experience to happen. Yeah. Tales of having a human experience in a spiritual world. I feel like there's yeah. some people listening to us like, how the hell do you guys just talk about this stuff? Like it's so effortless. How could I get on the level you guys are at? I, we're all born with this. Like for everyone listening, Amy and I are not just like these special wizards with our crystal balls. We're all born with this ability to read and feel 
and construct with energy like this. So tell us, how did you get into being a medium? Were you born like, oh, I'm good at this? Or was it something you developed over time? Yeah, Mm, it's this and for sure. Um, I would say that I have always been intuitive. I have always been a channel of all things non-physical. I don't really remember like a point where I realized that that's what I was. But I do remember many points where I realized that how I was being in the world, even as a very young child, was bad and wrong. Because my family of origin, and I can just picture like in my mind, right, a little make-believe story, but I'm, I'm, it feels resonant with me. Like I must have been, you know, this four or five-year-old young girl walking around the world wide open to spirits and source and, you know, beings that had once been in the physical and now are not. And just being me. And what I remember, like one of my earliest memories from my family of origin is being told, you don't connect to God through any way but the church. And if you do, you're inviting bad into the family. You're inviting evil into the family. I mean, they use those words. When you say family of origin, you just mean like the family you were born into. The family I was born into. Because there's two, you can have a chosen family and family of origin. Wow, I love origin. And so, yeah, even though, and this is like, a side note, I feel like it's sometimes I was like dropped in a pod, you know, from like some other planet into my family of origin, but that's a whole other conversation for oh, a different yeah. time. But, but, but I remember being this young child and thinking, this is too big a burden to carry. Like, how do you even like, and then, oh my God, if I'm doing like, if I'm just being me, I mean, talk about like a traumatic turning point in a young child, like, I don't know what I'm doing wrong, but clearly I'm doing something wrong, but I'm just being me and I don't know how to be different. So it became this thing of me just shutting completely, like shutting down, locking, deadbolting, chaining, building a concrete, you know, fortress around this aspect of me. And it wasn't until, I mean, there were, I can look back in hindsight and see all of the different times in my life where I was in such conflict between knowing that there was something more and really denying it because it was mm-hmm. scary yeah. um, until I was in my mid to late twenties and it really started knocking like loudly on my soul. And I was a single mother at the time. I had two small children. I was working a full-time corporate job. I was doing this coaching side hustle on the side. And I remember laying, I'll, I'll never forget, like I can see it in my mind as I'm telling this story, laying in bed one night, I just put the kids to bed and I was like, oh my God, my life feels completely off the rails. Mm-hmm. And I just called out to like any being that was listening. And I said, Help. how do I get myself back on track? And I heard so loudly, you need to learn to love yourself. I know. I was like, talk about a truth bomb exploding. And I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. Because I I knew it all along, right? But it was so loud and I, it was so resonant. And it really started me on the path of exploring, what does this really mean? And then I had to come into contact slowly, slowly as it unfolded for me, all of these beliefs that I had about intuition, that I had about myself, about my worthiness, about my lovability, about my, you know, reason, my purpose for being in the world and really embracing these gifts that I had brought in to this life experience with me that I didn't, I didn't want to look at. Wow. So they were always knocking at door. Even like when you became a mom, because usually they say pregnancy can really just open you up to. Yeah. And I mean, yeah. And it did in a way. I mean, I think that, you know, for sure my kids, you know, were part of opening that. They certainly were part of opening my heart, Mm -hmm. right? And that opening my heart to love at that level that you love your children, whether they're biological or not, right? You can't then, you can't compartmentalize Right. And so I think that as I was learning this outward love, it was it was opening the space for this inner understanding to start to bubble up for me. But it was like, you know, not 
nope, 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 denial, denial, denial. Because that's evil. That will hurt my family. Wow. Yeah. So many people. I I know that could be a whole other podcast episode, but I love the family of origin thing. I I wrote that down because there are so many people listening to this who are like, that's me. I just don't fit in with my family. You know, we're born thinking that our family will always have the same beliefs, the same viewpoints. Mm -hmm. But then when we grow up and grow out, to find out we don't fit in at all. It's like, that's, that's trauma to realize I don't fit in anywhere. Like, how did you yeah. handle that? Oh, well, I'm still working on it. You know, um, I'm still in the inquiry process. Um, ah, that's a great question. And, you know, interestingly enough, that that whole idea of trauma has been something over the last eight, eight, 10 weeks that I have been literally being guided step by step by step to understand trauma at a spiritual level, at a, at a physical level, at a mental level, at a, you know, all of the levels and not just for my own sort of cleaning out the debris of things that I didn't even know was, were, were traumatic in my life, but every client that's come to me, every event that I've done in this last, you know, eight to 10 week time period has been specifically around trauma and all of the information that I'm being guided to has like literally come into play each time. And it's always dual, right? I get something from every reading I do from every time I work with a client in whatever way I work with a client. And so of course it's, you know, the invitation was to look at some of the trauma experiences that I didn't even realize were trauma you know, that I wouldn't have called trauma, like back to our earlier conversation that I whitewashed, like, well, you know, I wasn't being burned by cigarettes as a child. So I couldn't really have had a traumatic childhood. And so helping to start to unravel those truths for me, then comes, then it just, it just ripples out into the world. Um, But I really believe that, you know, we all walk around this planet as humans with some type of connection to traumatic experiences, whether they're developmental trauma or traumatic, you know, accidents or, or whatever, whatever it is, you know, loss of whatever kind. Um, And we aren't really taught well socially. We aren't conditioned. There isn't a lot of modeling out there. There's more now than there was when we were kids, you know, and much more than when our parents, you know, were kids or our families of origin, you know, were kids, but it's, it's, we're just starting to really come into this deeper invitation to look at these things. And again, not to regurgitate the past, not to go back and relive every situation because, you know, if you're doing this work around trauma and you're re-traumatizing yourself, then you're actually not helping yourself at all. Um, But to be able to do it in this loving, compassionate way to just start to name, you know, oh, there has been trauma in my life has been huge for me personally. And I, and I really do think, and maybe you can even speak on this in from the um, astrology side of it, but the energy right now, like 2021 for sure. But, but I would say, you know, May, June, July, and into August has been this invitation to really go inward and start to explore the inner landscape you know, one of the things the greater consciousness said, I did an open channeling event in June um, and the greater consciousness said, um, you know, every single one of us, no matter what our experience over the last 18 months has been, experienced a level of trauma, collective okay. trauma, personal trauma. And yet we're, we're just kind of in the space of, you know, coming out of it, but not coming out of it, but coming out of it, but not coming out of it. And this is the time they're saying to call it what it was, you know, whether we knew someone who, you know, suffered from, you know, COVID or we experienced COVID or there was all of the loss or just watching the numbers or whatever, you know, losing our communities and losing the things that we love to do that required, you know, in-person things. It was some level of trauma. And, And by calling it that, without reliving it, but just saying, you know, acknowledging that traumatic experience actually allows us to not hold it in our bodies. And what the greater consciousness is saying is we need to be moving into this next 
you know, six months, these next decades of our life experience from the place of acknowledging trauma and allowing it to dissipate, to rise up and dissipate so that as things start to come into our experience, as the world shifts, as we're sorting and sifting our truth from other truths that are out there, we can do it from a place of much more centered and much more groundedness because these old traumatic stories and patterns aren't getting into the in the way like they have in the past. Yes, I see so many people doing like past life regression work, Akashic Records work to really like go deep, deep diving into releasing the roots of trauma. What's an open consciousness event? You said that earlier. Oh, so every month, um, up well, through the entire um, pandemic time, (laughs) up until last month, uh, up until June, um, every month I offered a free open channeling event. And so it was just a public event where people could just sign up and show up and I would channel a message from the greater consciousness about the time and space, that month, that timing, and then allow for people to ask questions of the greater consciousness, either about the channeling or whatever was on their heart and mind at the time. That's so nice of you. How do you protect your energy? Because that could be a lot of very hurt people just kind of dumping on you or kind of like, please help me, help me. You know, that's heavy. How do you protect yourself from taking it home or from absorbing their pain? I don't own any of it. It's not mine. Um, it's, It's just, it's part of my energetic hygiene. So I have or don't have any vested interest in, and this sounds bad when I say it, but I don't have any vested interest in the experience of anyone else from the standpoint of having to fix it, having to make it better, having to offer comfort. My role is simply to be the channel of the wisdom from the greater consciousness, the universal consciousness through connecting into the inner wisdom of the, of the client or the audience member. Yeah. And when I'm done, it's done. I don't carry forward any of it with me. It doesn't sit in my body. I don't hold it in my body. I very often, I, I very frequently don't even recall the readings when I'm done. Um, And so when people come back to me for a second or third or 10th reading, you know, and they'll say, oh, in our last reading, this came through. The best I can say is it feels that it feels resonant what you're saying, but I don't recall the conversation because I can't, I'm not allowed, but I don't allow myself to hold onto any of the energy. Like I said, energy hygiene is very important to me. And I make Mm -hmm. sure that I'm not, uh, I'm not a container for any of it. What is energy hygiene? So to me, energy hygiene is the, is the, is the making sure that I'm the cleanest, clearest channel that I can be in all aspects of the work that I do, which means I don't hang on to any other energy, any energy that's not mine. And so I do it, um, after every session through a really quick, um, process where I just call myself back into my body. But I also have a very um, um, strong movement practice. So I move every day in both gentle and easy ways and and, in strenuous, you know, muscular ways. And that allows me just to keep things moving. So nothing is, nothing gets stuck. Nothing is stagnant. That's not mine. Oh, and then, beautiful. of course, like we just talked about trauma, they're stuck and stagnant. That is mine. And mm-hmm. that's my responsibility to sort and sift. Wow. Oh, I have energy clearing spray that I love to just spritz after each call I do, each interview I do. If I come home from the grocery store, just... Yep. It's got some yeah. beautiful essential oils and crystals in it. Just to do a quick, quick yeah. cleanse. I love, so cool. yep, I love that. Yeah, I love hygiene. So that. when you had that epiphany, when you asked the greater consciousness, like, help, I need help. And they showed themselves. Did you immediately seek out a teacher or a mentor, coach, guidance to help you sharpen these tools? Or was it something you did on your own? Well, it's been, it's been, you know, this and um, I, I think because I was in such resistance to it, you know, I still even like sometimes call myself a reluctant medium or reluctant intuitive <laughs> medium because in some ways spirit really dragged me kicking and screaming into the work that I do. Um, 
But, you know, one of the things that I love is the expression when the uh, student is ready, the teacher arrives. Um, And so for me and my unfolding, it really was this not so much seeking out, but things would show up or I would be inspired to sign up for like out of the blue, I was inspired to sign up for Reiki certification and went through Mm -hmm. all of the different levels to be a master, you know, Reiki master teacher. The intention though, you know, as I look back, it wasn't so much for me to be a Reiki practitioner. It was what I learned and what I tapped into and the people that I met as I went through that program, because one person in specific ended up being this intuitive coach that I worked with for for quite a bit of time. The thing that about the expression that I really love, and I just heard this earlier this year, there's a second part to it. So we often say when the student is ready, the teacher appears. But then I heard the second part, which is, and when the student is really ready, the teacher disappears. And I know, Mic drop, right? Truth bomb. Truth bomb. Because that's really how my, how the evolution of me coming back into remembering these, this aspect, these aspects of who I am and the human and soul experience. Because I would work with the teacher for some period of time and then they would fall away for whatever reason. And then I would be like sort of navigating the path on my own with all of this new information. So integrating and exploring and sort of testing, you know, and, and seeing what worked for me, what resonated with me and leaving the rest, like some of it, what just wasn't for me. And then another teacher would show up and then I would work with them and then they would go and then class would show up and I might take that. And then that would fall away or finish or whatever the case may be. But a lot of interest, the interesting part about my journey is that when I really like got in my thinking mind and I'm like, I'm going to take James Von Prague's mediumship class. And I went to sign up and like, it just, it just unraveled. And, and so then I'm like, okay, not the class. And then I would try to sign up for another class and it would unravel or something would happen in my life. And that date and time, you know, wasn't going to work. And back, you know, back then it wasn't like we have now where, oh, you just watch it in replay. You know, a lot of it was like, you had to be there present in person or online at the time that the teaching was happening in order to get it. And so I, I, I had these conversations with my guides often that was like, what the, you know, WTF, what's happening? And, and one of the things that they said, and I really appreciate this even deeper now, as I've moved down my, my path is that they said, your role here is not to emulate the teachings or the understanding of what other people have already come to understand. You know, you're here to bring this work into the world in a way that it hasn't been brought into the world. Now, it doesn't mean that the concepts are not similar to the teachings that are out there, but they really wanted me and they've really guided me to explore what this work means in the world from the standpoint of remembering and yeah. not emulating, not recreating somebody else's work with different language or different, you know, kitschy slogans. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's and there's nothing where like every teacher that's out there, whether they're, you know, publicly like known, well-known, or whether they're, you know, just doing this with friends and family, every teaching and teacher is so important right now because every teacher is meeting people where they are, you know? Mm-hmm. So, so I, it's not, I'm not, you know, saying that there's, there is anything bad about that, the way that people are bringing the work through. I'm just saying that for me, they were giving me very specific and unique guidance that said, you're creating something very different than mm-hmm. what exists today, you mm-hmm. know, which is also like, come on, like, you, know, just, you know, be a, whatever teacher of this, philosophy and they're like no no those things will inspire and influence the work that I do of course because and I love this too I remember having this conversation with the, the greater consciousness in my own practice several years ago and they were saying you know this idea of me creating this this teaching these teachings and they said don't worry like there are so many teachers being given this same information they're just going to communicate it differently mm-hmm. through their filters, through their lens. And it's it, it's good. You know, you're not the only one being chartered to do this. Yeah. You're just one, you know, you're just one of many. And and you're all sharing the same 
teaching from in a different way. And I love that because it's so true. I mean, I'm sure you've experienced this because I certainly have where I've listened to a podcast or something on YouTube that I was really excited about based on the subject. And as the teacher or the or the facilitator started speaking, I'm like, like, no, it's not for me. Not for me. But mm-hmm. it doesn't mean it's not for others, you exactly. know? And I love that. I love that invitation. Exactly. Can, you know, we can find our, what resonates and what's true for us. Yes. And it doesn't have to make anything wrong for others. Yes. I tell people this on social media, especially, hey, it is okay to not like or not agree with something someone says. Don't feel like you need to defend yourself or other people in the comment section. Just say, oh, wow, I can't believe they just said that. That kind of triggers me. I don't like it. Move on. Go find yeah. someone who inspires you. Don't waste your time there anymore. Totally. Oh, and man, are you so good at what you do? Because oh. our reading was one of the most powerful. I love it because you like gave me homework with it. It wasn't just a conversation. It was like, you need to try this, try this, give this a try. It was action steps to really heal these personal truths and heal the past, especially. Mm -hmm. Now, people absolutely loved on my Instagram where I very vulnerably shared my trauma with family growing up, being raised by a single mom who was very, she's an Aquarius. (laughs) She's very different. I have an autistic brother, very different. And so just in a nutshell for the listeners, I have struggled with the concept of family. And so dating someone who has two little children from a previous marriage was so my inner child was like, that's your family. I'm going to create my own family. That's stable. That's certain. A blended family with co-parenting is not stable by any means. And so I've been triggered by it. And the moment we connected on the phone, when you asked, you know, is there anything specific you'd like to talk about? I think I got three words out and you're like, yep, I knew it. I felt it right before. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. As often happens, you know, I'll get a little download before I go into a session just to sort of set the tone. And I love it for me too, because as you were sharing your, your, what your desire was for the reading, I was like, oh, yep. Yep. This is what came through. That's what came through. And it's just nice to, it's nice for me, you know, to do, to be able to also see like, okay, that information that was coming through prior to the session was exactly for you, exactly for that time. And you were ready to hear it. Yeah. Oh, it was so wild. As soon as I heard you say, okay, I'm seeing your like four or five-year-old self and she's got her arms crossed and she's going, hmm, I saw her sitting in my hallway downstairs. As soon as you said it, it was so crystal clear. So I was in that moment, I was like, listen up because this is potent. This is something you need to hear. Yeah. It's incredible. You are so good at what you do. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I mean, it's an honor and a privilege really to do this work. Yeah. Now, where can people find you if they want to get a private session or people can work with you too, if they don't want a session per se, but they want to learn how to tap into these abilities because they know they have them. You do that too, right? Yeah, absolutely. In fact, one of the things that I'm so passionate about is teaching people how to connect into their inner knowing, their intuition. You know, I feel like right now we societally, culturally, globally are very much, it can be very much impacted by the, the information coming in from the external. And if we start to really learn to take that information and bounce it off our truth and listen to our wisdom and, and move about the world from that space, we are so empowered Holy and it's world. so healing. And it's so, I mean, it's creating this new consciousness from that space. So yes, I teach, I have an online course, um, that teaches how to connect into your intuition, how to deepen your connection with your intuition. I do intuitive coaching with people who want to learn not just, you know, a single reading, you know, one and done kind of thing, but to take like what came through during your reading, there were action steps. And then to, to put that into practice and what's next and what are the next steps and how do I, you know, how do I continue to move down this path? So I love to do the coaching work with people. And of course, one-on-one readings, I do private events, I do public events. Um, I'm on YouTube. All of my public um, open channeling calls are on YouTube under Amy White Medium. Um, But my website is really the place to go. Like it is the, it is all of the things. So amywhite.co. I have free video series. I have online digital courses. You can see all the services that I offer, all of my social 
channels are there. I'm on Instagram at Ms. MZ Amy White. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Twitter on occasion. (laughs) Oh, I love it. That's awesome. People are going to come find you to work with you. And I hope they do because you really just changed the trajectory of not only my life, but my family's, my blended family, my biological family of origin. It was, even though it was such a quick session, 45 minutes, an hour, it was so profound. And I just hope that a lot of people can experience that. Yeah. So, including my pug who's been snoring in the background the whole time. <laughs> Welcome well, thank to you, the Amy. Thank, thank you for hanging out in the lounge with us. We greatly appreciate thank it. you. I hope to come back again. This is a really juicy place to hang out. I hope you guys enjoyed this interview with Amy. If you want to work with her one-on-one for a private session or perhaps a mentorship to develop your psychic intuitive abilities, all of her information, how to find her and contact her will be in our show notes. Next week, we are talking about one of my favorite things. I'll give you a hint. Flowers. Oh, it's so good. I can't wait for you guys to hear this and learn about plants over pills. Until then, I will see you guys next Wednesday. Come find us on Instagram at Lightworkers Lounge or at Stephanie's underscore destiny and our website for a birth chart reading or all things Lightworkers Lounge. We've got career advice up there. We've got products. We've got birth chart readings done by yours truly. It's a mecca of information. I don't think I promote enough, but it's lightworkers-lounge.com. See you guys next week. Bye.